Just after 11 o'clock, it's Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in the Dukes, Bruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, and intern Donovan with you today as we're talking all things fantasy sports for the next 54 minutes. Give or take before we hand things over to Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger on the lowdown with Low Tide. Of course, we love your feedback. one 401 if you'd like to get in on the conversation. Uh, lots to get to on the program today. And, and that might sound weird because we're kind of running out of, you know, daily fantasy sports to talk about and the NFL, but... But there is something that is uh, brewing slowly. Pitchers, catchers about to report, Brandon. Uh, we are going to talk some fantasy baseball on the show today. And it, it'll be an, an intro, I like to say, kind of because uh, we had a lot of people that don't even know about fantasy baseball. Uh, Derek Cardi will be joining us. He talks fantasy sports with ESPN, Roto-Grinders, and EV Analytics. Uh, are you ready for this, Brandon? Are you ready to talk some fantasy baseball? I think I am ready. Uh, the the Justin Turner signer er, signing earlier this week kind of got the you know the juices stirred up a bit. It had been a little quiet on the uh, MLB offseason front. Of course, a few moves here and there, but still waiting for the ball to drop on a number of big names. So I, I would say I'm ready for sure. And it kind of falls in conveniently with, of course, the slowdown in the schedule, Pro Bowl weekend, NHL All-Star weekend, five games in the NBA tonight. Um, yeah, I... I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm saying it. I'm ready. You're ready. Uh, Ducks last night. Huge win. Huge win over the San Jose Sharks, right? Big comeback. Yeah, down uh, down late. They tied up in the third, winning overtime. Here's here's my tragedy of the day. Oh, no. Throw a little same-game parlay down. Uh, it included Logan Couture, two or more shots. So it wasn't over two and a half. It was two or more. Had one in regulation in overtime. D-zone faceoff for Anaheim. Couture wins the faceoff forward. Puck goes right to John Gibson. If he was not there, the puck would have went in the net. <laughs> does not count as a shot on goal or does not register as a shot on goal. That is the only leg that misses on my little uh, I don't know. plus 750 uh, five leg same game parlay that included a Frankie Vitrano point, which he got on the overtime winner. Clutch. Vitrano's over on shots. Always a safe bet. That guy loves to... Fire the pucks in that Mason McTavish unders ducks win. It was uh it was, it was looking like a very promising bet, but then, uh, yeah, they, the statisticians in house at the Honda center torched me. They got, yeah, they got me notorious for that down at the Honda center in Anaheim. Well, one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty is the text line. We'll get into the inbox as well. as we get to the unofficial halfway point of the NHL season, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, 45 games played, 29-15-1 record. Almost the same as the Vegas Golden Knights, but the Vegas Golden Knights are 29-15-6. Those loser points benefiting the Vegas Golden Knights. As you can imagine, the Oilers sitting five points back to Vancouver. Canucks, 33-11-5, and they're adding Lindholm from the Calgary Flames. They paid a, a ransom to get him. Good player, no doubt, when he plays with good players. I I just wanted to go back and see how he was when it mattered in the playoffs in that Oilers series. He had four points, two points in the first game, and in the four losses, he had two points, but they were all power play points. Take that for what it's worth. Big-time player? I don't know. But good addition for the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, fantasy-wise, we'll see where he eventually slots in. I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but uh, 
forty goal scorer when he played with Goudreau and Kachuk. So the the all, talent is there. All three of them forty goal scorers. Gregor had the tweet. All three <laughs> since departed. Twenty four months ago, three forty goal scorers. It's Not pretty gone. crazy. We we talked about it quite extensively this morning um, with Laddie Schmidt as well, who played in Calgary as well as here in Edmonton. So kind of giving a little perspective from the Flames side and you know the fan base and. Um, Elias Lindholm's a terrific hockey player in like a two-way center. Um, the 40 goals, maybe probably not um, the regular for him, but like 30-goal scorer, 100%, 70-point uh, guy, I certainly think so. And he's been on a pretty uh, favorable contract, uh, the one he's currently playing on. He's due for a pretty hefty raise. I'm not sure how that will fit into Vancouver's long-term plans. Uh, should he resign there? But as a rental, big price to pay for a rental. But hey, when you're going all in, I respect the heck out of it. Chips on the table, push them into the center and and go for it. They have been probably the most consistent team in the NHL since puck drop um, back in October. And I love uh, the newly extended general manager. Um, you know, flags fly forever. Go for it. Uh, next season doesn't matter. Play for right now. I mean, when you are the Vancouver Canucks, you, pr- you have to look at it and say, man, we're going to get to the playoffs. We're going to have to go through some top-heavy teams that have done this before and have playoff experience. Go out and get someone who can help you. You know, obviously, it's going to push other guys down the lineup, provide more depth. I'm with you. I like the move. I like I like the message that it sends the team that we're not just going to sit back and uh, try to get through this. you got a goalie who's playing fantastic. Go for it. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, cool to see what the uh, other teams in the Pacific do to maybe try and respond. Uh, Slurpee Sean texting in a little NFL question. Hey, guys, would you draft Jameer Gibbs in the first round next year, even in a super flex? Uh, I think it probably depends on how many teams are in your league, but I, I think he's number 10. Like, McCaffrey probably goes before him. Jefferson, Lamb, Tyreek. Brees Hall, Jamar Chase. Chase. Do you have Kyron Williams from the Rams? I mean, he was on fire at the end of this year. Yeah, first round would be tough because you'd expect... Bijan. You'd expect the Lions to kind of run it back and run a similar system as they did this year, which kept their guys fresh come playoff time, and then you can kind of start to feed your top tier back a little more regularly when the games matter most. You can't do that if you burn them out in the regular season. I'm a big Jameer Gibbs believer all season. I was cursing Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson for, you know, limiting a lot of his uh, reps. Uh, Even when Montgomery was out, he still was, uh, you know, he obviously got the majority of the touches, but it wasn't like he was the only running back involved. So a first round pick and a super flex, I I would be pretty hard pressed to do that. And that's coming from a guy who is a not like I'm a believer in the don't take a quarterback in the first couple rounds in a super flex format. You can get, Take take some flyers on guys later. People will surprise you midseason. Pick them up on the waiver wire instead of spending your first two picks on Patrick Mahomes and I don't know Joe Burrow, whomever, whomstever, whomstever it may be. Yeah, I mean the the split, but Ben Johnson sticking around with Detroit. That's big a good time. sign, big sign yeah. for Jameer Gibbs. And I mean they saw down the stretch what he could do. So I, to me, I I think depending you know where you're picking, if you're picking between ten and twelve. I'd have no problem with it. Yeah, but we'll see. David Montgomery could be a thorn in the side. And he and we David Montgomery touchdown merchant with Absolutely. that Lions offense too, which is unfortunate for Jameer Gibbs fantasy value, but he still finds the end zone plenty on his own because he can break off the big runs whereas Montgomery usually used as the goal line back. I think you have to look at the full the actual breakdown, but based on eye test and memory, certainly got a lot more goal line looks I think than Jameer Gibbs did this season. Husks text in, what song was that? Guitar riff sounds like Carlos Santana. A cover? Well, 
Wild Thoughts, Rihanna and... DJ Khaled and Bryson Till. That it does is, sound like Carlos Santana. It does. It does. I don't think it is, but... Well, last time you said this, Donovan, you were wrong, where you, you said that's not a cover, and it was. I have been wrong uh, a, a few times uh, behind today. the mic and today. <laughs> so you know what? Uh, it could be or it could not be, but it is Rihanna. I can confirm that. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a newer song. Could be Santana playing the guitar. When he put out that little string of songs like uh, Rob Thomas of oh, Matchbox 20, he man. had one with Chad Kruger of Nickelback, Canadian Icons, and then he had another one with, was it Michelle Branch? That could be true. Oh, man. <laughs> Absolute bangers. <laughs> we got to play some of those maybe when we come back. Uh, Nardog says, oh, man, that stings. I've been small overs on shots lately and I've been burned a couple times. Crazy when guys who are generally goal scorers and playing top six minutes can't get two shots on net. Surprising how often it happens from the it Nardog. Is sh- it is shocking. It is shocking. So when I, I, I'm a big shot on goal prop guy, to, usually as a, an extra leg to a parlay. Um, I don't bet them single very often, which I think would probably be more profitable, but that's kind of my MO. Not winning Cert- money. <laughs> certain, yeah, yeah. Being a loser, <laughs> uh, terrible gambler. Um, usually the trends will show you when, and like guys in gold droughts uh, sometimes g- generate a little higher volume because they're, you know, that's what their coaches are probably telling them. Like if they're Tra- uh, traditional and regular top six player like they expect to score their coaches their teammates are saying just shoot the puck like get stuff on net you hope one trickles in so th- those kind of trends are some things i look for when betting shot props but i i agree with you nard dog it's crazy that like a like leon dreisaitl that seems like automatic like you're telling me he doesn't have three shots on goal a game and there's nights he might like he'll just have one because he's, he's also such a good passer obviously right so it is funny and like sometimes just you know perusing the stats you'll see like some guy four shots in the first period like huh why yeah like couldn't didn't take him a top six player can't get two shots on goal in a game and then you check like further down the box score and somebody had 12 (laughs) and it's like what are we doing here (laughs) oh that's why they call it gambling okay that leads me to my next topic here because i got this email from uh i believe it was bodog communications and some of you are gonna hate this but it was taylor swift prop bets for the Super Bowl. Oh. And I sh- I should have put that in the tweet because I think I said Super Bowl props. I should have said Taylor Swift. Hashtag Taylor Hashtag Swift. Hashtag Taylor Swift. We would have had so Hashtag many. Hashtag errors d- to her. Yeah. When we put, put that out there, we'll, we'll put that in like the, uh, the tweet. Hashtag Taylor Swift. Anyways, there are so many Taylor Swift prop bets. Number of times Taylor Swift has shown during the in-game broadcast. Over, under, five and a half. I'll take the over on that. In terms, of ti- in terms of time shown. But if we're like total amount of time on screen they don't i assume they don't have a line for that like that's not gonna be big like when they show her it's just for a couple seconds like after a big travis kelsey play they'll flash up to her and she's uh you know cheering like any well, fan does what if they show touchdown taylor swift travis kelsey back, back to taylor, taylor swift. swift is that two that's two so i mean you gotta hammer the over on that one uh another one here there's swift and kelsey specials taylor to be in the stadium for kickoff is minus 2000 so i mean you'd be silly to do anything with that i might sprinkle the other way the odds are that good taylor to be dressed predominantly in red whilst attending the event minus 18 that is the that's arbitrary like how do you <laughs> how do you have that as a line what's mostly predominantly is the or term sorry what's predo- what, what's predominantly i mean a red coat 
like a, jer- a jersey, like the Chiefs showing up in all black. That's what she should do. As they did that last game. Solidarity They're coming in. Uh, also, Chiefs to win and Travis Kelsey to propose marriage to Taylor Swift from the field plus fifteen hundred. <laughs> that's that's not good enough odds for me to take that action. <laughs> Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift had announced they're expecting a baby on the same oh day. Oh my god! <laughs> plus two thousand. That's also not good enough odds. Taylor Swift and Jason Kelsey to be shown kissing on screen during a live broadcast. <laughs> Plus 10,000. I don't know if that's kissing different people or each other. Also, Taylor Swift to be shown wearing and waving a foam finger during the game. What's the no odds on that? Well, there's only the yes odds. It's plus 800. Okay. So so no is not very good not a very good price. To be shown holding and eating a hot dog during the game. Is Taylor a glizzy gal? I, imagine if she stumbled on these. Plus twelve hundred dollars, eh? She throws down like a milli. Also <laughs> to, uh, to occur first, Taylor to be shown on screen at the stadium or Travis Kelsey to get a reception. Taylor Swift. That's gonna be like they'll the do that like during the anthem. Hands. Oh, for sure. You're right. But this is during the game. Oh. So kickoff, maybe the ball goes to the Niners, and you're like, we're going to see T-Swifty first. Oh, for sure. Because they'll do, like, that's, like, one of the first things they do is flash around, like, the biggest celebrities there. Yeah. That that is minus 200. That's your betting odds there. So, uh, Taylor Swift, novelty bets. (laughs) Yeah, novelty. That's the best way to describe that. I apologize for those of you who don't want to hear Taylor Swift stuff, but... That was sent to me, and I thought we would just touch on it very quickly. Uh, we have Husks saying, did you say that song was Wild Thoughts? If it is, it's a sample from Maria Maria from Santana. Yeah, I knew that. Maria Maria. Reminds me of the West Side Story. Yep. Do you guys not Santana I'm not people? familiar. Oh. I, I know like the, the ones that you talked about, the, the duets and stuff. Yeah, well, were, those are like early 2000s i think yeah. this stuff is going back in back time. okay yeah. that would explain why i'm not as familiar with it i used to drive with my dad he'd play a little santana for me classic smooth that was the one with rob thomas that was smooth that's yeah. so good yeah oh, it was all good <laughs> santana's a genius uh, vr <laughs> greg says so it's official she's going to be there thought she had a concert in japan v greg yeah i think people kind of did the math on that and said she could make it the odds are very easy teeth uh we'll get to that one later on Brett from Stony says, how about both teams c- to convert a fourth down plus 325? Well, that'd be interesting. I like that price. Fourth that, and short. Those teams can That is the execute. type of bet that I will definitely make on Super Bowl Sunday. And I make a lot of them. I bet some really stupid things, but I also bet some that actually make sense. And to me, that one makes sense. I added Brady Kachuk in a brinket over one and a half shots to my parlay yesterday. And the brinket had zero shots going to the third, but ending it up, hitting it in the last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's a justification. Amazon driver says, wait, better odds she is pregnant than they kiss on the field? Well, apparently. Her odd says, get off, Taylor Swift. Who cares? All your texts are negative, Rod. I'm not surprised <laughs> to see that one come in. And Eden, father of Arius. Just wondering, gentlemen, how hard are we laughing at the Canucks and their fan base once Edmonton sweeps them in the playoffs? Their hopeful season started with the Oilers, and that is exactly where it will end. Eden, father of Arius. Yeah, we'll see. I like your optimism. Uh, I don't know if you've checked some of the box scores on Canucks games against the Oilers this year, but it has not been very pretty. No. So, But the Oilers were a different team. They were a very different team when they played. Uh, how many more games against the Canucks do they have? Two? 
Uh, we'd have to go check it out. Check it out. One at least, I would assume. One for sure. Um, maybe two. But yeah, so that, that'll be a much better measuring stick. Like I said, I applaud the Canucks. I am a believer in teams going all in. Like, there is no guarantee that next season Quinn Hughes is going to score at like a 100-point pace. There's no guarantee that uh, you're, you're basically your whole lineup remains healthy, that Demko is going to be a Vesna-caliber goalie. Like, when you catch the lightning in a bottle, do something with it. And and the Canucks are, yes, it was a steep price, and it's probably, I would think, pretty unlikely that they re-sign Lindholm. But who knows, maybe they move out some other uh, expensive pieces they have in the lineup currently to make room for them in the offseason. I, I don't know. They're playing for right now in this season, which is a move I respect, because they're the best team in the Western Conference. I don't think that can really be disputed. Like, start to finish of this season. They yeah. haven't had a bad stretch. They haven't lulled. It's probably coming, but whenever it comes, you just hope it's not, you know, right when the playoffs start. So I, I applaud the move. Even if it is a, a little bit of a steep price to pay, go for it. No argument for me. I mean, I've uh, given a lot of credit to John Lynch in the NFL for doing the exact same thing. Be good, get better, and then roll into the playoffs. Worked for the Niners. Will it work for the Canucks? We will see. They don't have to, you know, the Canucks have to go through at some point. McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are a good team. You know, there'll be some challenges there, but I agree. I totally like the the idea of doing so. Rod, cover your ears. A couple of people are asking about these Taylor Swift props. It was with Bodog, if you want to uh, check it out. Bet responsibly, though. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some fantasy baseball here on the program. It is Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie Douglas, and Donovan, the intern on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. 11:22. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, and Donovan, the intern, with you here. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line if you'd like to jump in on the conversation. Any questions for our next guest? That's the best way to do so. But you could also send us an email, Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. Uh, we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball here. With our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Head down there this weekend for all the NHL All Star festivities. We've got the Pro Bowl as well. And then uh, also the NBA. And before we know it, Major League Baseball will be back. Pitchers and catchers getting closer and closer to returning. And with that, uh, we're going to talk a little fantasy baseball. And this is one that we've had a few people request. And with the request, we've also had a few people saying they didn't even know this was a thing. I feel like we're all locked into fantasy hockey and fantasy football obviously maybe some people get into basketball but uh fantasy baseball is a thing and uh, we might be starting up our own league as we get closer to the season so i uh, follow along for more information on that but we bring in Derek carty uh, covers major league baseball fantasy with espn roto grinders and ev analytics Derek, uh, good afternoon how are you doing today I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, well, appreciate you coming on and talking a little fantasy baseball with us here on the program. Uh, I guess my first question, uh, for those who, who might not be too familiar with fantasy baseball and kind of how it all goes down, uh, if I were to give you a minute or two to just kind of sell it to people, what would you say? I mean, it's the same as any other fantasy sport. If you're playing fantasy hockey or fantasy football or whatever, it's it's the same thing, except it's better because... You know, football is once a week. Baseball, there's games every day to follow. You know, you pick the, pick the players that you like, the ones that do well, they score points for your team. It's it's a lot of fun. Now, I have heard people kind of be critical in the back, and it, it's it's laziness is what it is, but saying, you know, having to adjust my roster all the time, kind of annoying. Is, is there leagues where you would just set it once a week and let it play out, or is it kind of day-to-day monitoring it all the time? 
There's, I mean, you can do it either way you want. Um, the, obviously, the easier one is you set it once a week, and and you know that's it, and that's that's the more prominent version. Uh, that's the mo- the kind of league that I generally play. So yeah, you can you can do it where it's not an overwhelming amount of work. When you look at going into the draft this year, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. out of Atlanta, would you say he's uh, the, kind of the consensus number one overall pick? Oh yeah, I think he's probably the strongest number one overall pick that we've seen in you know a decade or more. Just because of all he can do, obviously, uh, kind of the five to a player probably goes a long way. Uh, how about some sleepers potentially this year? Yeah, so uh, one of the guys I really like on the pitching side is Zach Eflin uh, for the Rays. He had a breakout year last year. Uh, my projection system, the bat, has been high on him for quite a few years now. And being traded to the Rays, they really they, they made his pitch mix more efficient. You know, he's pitching in a great park with a good offense behind him. Uh I have him ranked as the ninth best starting pitcher right now, and he's coming off the board 36. So there's a lot of value on, on Zach Eflin. Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Derek Carty joining us of ESPN Fantasy, Roto Grinders, and EV Analytics. You can also give him a follow on Twitter and or X at Derek Carty. Uh, Derek, how about some players to avoid? I know in, every year we go into it and maybe expectations for someone's a little lofty or they, they had a one good year and people just kind of assume it will continue. Are there any players out there that you're thinking maybe we should be avoiding? Yeah, you're definitely right that pretty much anyone who had a you know, a big year last year out of nowhere, the market is going to expect them to do that again. And that's not realistic. So anyone like that, you're probably going to avoid, especially if you're just playing, you know, uh, in your, in, you know, in a league with your friends or something like that, any rookies, you can pretty much, I mean, they're, they're going to get overdrafted a lot of times. One of the big ones this year is Ellie De La Cruz for, for the Cincinnati Reds, and he has tons of upside. Like he's a toolsy player, he has power, he can he can run, he can steal bases. Uh, but the plate discipline is in question. Um, you know, there's no guarantee he's even in the you know the big leagues the whole year. A lot of times, what we see with these big rookies is they get hyped up, and everyone thinks they can't miss, but they miss so frequently that uh, they wind up usually not being very good value propositions. Now, uh, a lot of Jays fans up here, obviously, and one of the guys who I, I would say is very polarizing for Jays fans would be Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, he gets the cover of MLB this show. I don't know if there's any curses surrounding that game, but what do you expect out of Vlad this year? I'm expecting a big year out of Vlad. Um, I know it, it seems like, at least in the circles that I run in, you know, like people are a little uh, more reserved on Vlad, you know, coming off a year where he wasn't you know, the same great player that he, that he was, you know, two years before or a year before. But my system still sees him being really, really good this year, one of the best hitters in baseball. So if I was a Jays fan, I'd be very happy that Vlad's on my team. Derek Cardi joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Derek with uh, ESPN Fantasy, Roto Grinders, as well as EV Analytics. Uh, Derek, when you look at setting up an MLB uh, fantasy league for the first time, like Connor said, maybe there's a lot of uh, novices out there, and I would uh, certainly include myself in that. Um, is there a particular format or, or kind of point scoring system that maybe, um, I don't know, call it a, a generic or a default one that you really prefer and like? Maybe for people that are just getting into it, of course, like you mentioned, the once a week setting your lineup, but, uh, but any other kind of uh, league settings that you'd recommend to, to starters out there? Um... I mean, 
The traditional is, you know, rotisserie five by five, which is, you know, there's five hitting categories, five pitching categories, and you score points in those. If you're coming over from, say, fantasy football, um, you know, where you're used to playing each other, you know, playing one of your league mates head-to-head every week, you can do that in baseball, you know, make the transition easier. Um, traditionally, that's not much of a thing in baseball, but you can do it. So it's really just whatever sounds fun to you and whatever you're most comfortable with. So when you when you look at this uh, this year's crop, you touched on a couple of big names and stuff. When when you're differentiating between um, you know, like your pitching staff and and your hitters or your field, uh, your the rest of your team, uh, is there any particular strategy you like to to deploy? Um, like in, in NHL fantasy, sometimes people really like to go after goalies first because of their value, and obviously uh, there's a lot less of them than the rest of players in the league. Is there any similar things when it comes to, to MLB fantasy? I mean, really, you just want to play or you want to value every player organically. You know, you should be having a number associated with every player. Ideally, you're using a projection system, you know, like mine. Uh, you're translating that into a value that's going to take into account positional scarcity and and everything else. So ultimately that should be taken into account. And so strategy is kind of just for me, find the best values. It doesn't matter the position, just take the best values. Um, A lot of times those best values, I guess you could call it a strategy is just older, boring players. (laughs) Everyone wants the young, shiny new toys. um, And they kind of let the older guys that are still really good just kind of slip by because, you know, they don't have the quote unquote upside or whatever. Uh, but if you have a team of all those guys, you're going to do better than, you know, the team that has, you know, four or five young guys and only one of them winds up being any good. I think that's a trap that uh, fantasy players across all sports sometimes fall into uh, uh, hyping up the, the new rookie or like you said, a guy like Elia De Cruz, uh, who had a great uh, first season kind of falling into a trap that way. But uh, Derek Carty, our guest here on uh, Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas. Uh, last one for me for you, Derek. Um this is a question we ask a lot of our guests, and I'll hone it in specifically on your MLB fantasy leagues. How many leagues do you specifically play in, and is it uh, as outlandish of a number as we hear from some of our other guests from fantasy hockey and football? Is it is it a staggering number, or do you keep it pretty uh, pretty uh, on the rails? I keep it pretty on the rails. I used to play in more. Um, right now, I only play in three leagues. Um, you know, not not as many as a lot of people that I know. But I also do daily fantasy during the season. That takes up a lot of my time. I do sports betting. So, uh, you know, the season-long stuff, I try to keep it a reasonable number so it's not taking up all my time. <laughs> uh, Derek, just want to ask you about a couple individual players here on this season, the guys who have maybe had some hype and uh, one that was maybe the biggest free agent acquisition in history or maybe the most hype, Shohei Otani. What are you expecting out of Shohei this year with the Dodgers? I'm expecting him to be really, really good. <laughs> you know, I don't think my opinion is going to be much different than anyone else's. Like, Otani's fantastic. He's a great real-life player. He's a great fantasy player. Um, I, I like Otani a lot. <laughs> now, how about uh, Justin Turner coming over to the Blue Jays, spent last year with the Red Sox? Uh, we'll see you know, how he's utilized DH, maybe a little third base. Uh, what would your advice be when it comes to Justin Turner, maybe if you're in a deep league? If you're in a deep league, Justin Turner is a guy that I've always really liked. He has kind of an underrated skill set. Um, he just always performs better than where people are drafting him at. He is getting older now, though. He doesn't project as well as he did a couple years ago. He's more like a league average hitter at this point, which is still probably better than people think he is. Um, 
But Turner was a guy I consistently drafted year after year, but uh, a little less interested this year than in years past. And I guess just one final question for you. Uh, strategy going into it when you are drafting, maybe you are a first-timer. Do you think th- is there any benefit to drafting up players on the same team? Maybe you're targeting, and you should probably target these guys anyways, but Aaron Judge and Juan Soto, maybe guys who can benefit off each other's play? Unless you're in an auction, it's going to be tough to get Judge and Soto on the same team because they're both going to go in the first round of your draft. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't go out of my way to get players on the same team. Uh, if you do, it makes it you know, maybe more fun to, to root for during the season. You can sit down, you can watch a Yankees game, you can root for a couple of your guys. Uh, but from a strategic standpoint, it doesn't make much difference. You know, Like I said before, I just pick the best value. Sometimes that happens to be guys on the same team, sometimes not. Hey, Derek, thanks so much for doing today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. There you go. Derek Carty covers Major League Baseball fantasy with ESPN, Roto Grinders, and EV Analytics. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Derek Cardi, uh, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. We've also got Donovan, the intern, keeping us on track. And that segment was brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Also, when you're heading down there, make sure you download the app. Great savings, great rewards. You get some free garlic fingers just for signing up. Uh, you can do that on the Apple App Store as well as Google Play. Uh, lots of text coming in here. What we'll do, though, we'll take a break. We'll stay on time. And then when we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up on the Jason Greger show, as well as the lowdown with low tide. We'll jump back into the inbox and uh, see what else is going on out there. We, we've got some some requests for the next week here on the program. So uh, maybe we'll discuss that as well. It is Fantasy Frenzy, Hallie Douglas and Donovan, the intern here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's 1140 in the city. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas, Donovan, the intern with you here Thursday morning. Fantasy Frenzy is always brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky locations in the Duke's Bruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall. one 1440 is the text line if you want to get in your uh, your questions, your comments, anything. You can do so. Tell us how much you hate Taylor Swift. Tell us how, or love Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'll take both sides. Maybe Carlos Santana you're a big fan of. Rihanna I, you don't like. I Who dipped knows? into some uh, Taylor Swift music the other day after we were talking about it on air. It's got some good songs, even some of the newer stuff. Cruel Summer, that's a fun one. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know many of her song titles. Ne- neither did I. Like, neither did I. Shake I, It Off, of course. Oh, oh 22? Yeah. Is there a single person since that song came out that hasn't uh, played that either, you know, at the bar, at, if they're having a party or something on their 22nd birthday? Donovan's when, when's your birthday? August, and I can confirm that song will not be playing on my 22nd birthday. Well, I'm going to show up. I'm going to crash your uh, party. Unless that happens, yeah. I hope I hope I get the invite. To, we'll go out and have a rager, and I'll, uh, I'll pay the DJ whatever it takes to get that one bumping on the stereo. Well, if that's the case, I'll... Uh, I'll I'll accept it and welcome it with with open arms, but uh, it will not be going on voluntarily by me. I respect it. I respect it. Uh, one I won't read, but Amazon driver, thank you. <laughs> Telling us how cool we are. Not meant for air. <laughs> yeah, just humble brags. Am I the only one who thinks Usher is a weird choice for the Super Bowl? That comes in from Montana to Rice. Man, he had some hits. But in the year 2024, 
because obviously the Super Bowl has brought back legendary rock bands and stuff that maybe you know aren't necessarily as active anymore and stuff. That's a different approach than bringing back Usher, who he, I mean, he still does he still currently release music, or when was the last time he dropped an album? Like I don't know, but back in the mid two thousands, like early two thousands, even into the twenty tens, I would say, oh man, like at the club, this the songs that get people moving, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. With Lil yeah. John and Luda. Luda. Luda Chris. Um, and then even like some of the more like uh, DJ Got Us Fallen in Love Again. That's a great one with Pitbull. Yeah. But uh, going Montana, back to the day, Burn. Montana to Rice. I, I don't disagree with you. I think it was a bit of an odd choice. Not the biggest. I don't think the biggest draw, which I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You don't really need a big draw. But if you're going outside the regular football fan, a name like Usher probably doesn't have as much pull i mean people are always going to say you know the taylor swift thing and i think that'll probably be a prop on some book out there is like what are the the odds that taylor swift makes a guest appearance on stage to do some singing i would think it will be zero because i believe she's turned down playing the super bowl multiple times i don't know like if you compare usher in this year 2024 with some of the past performers at the time they were playing i mean like yeah, like Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Like, yeah, th- those some of those guys are obviously a little bit on like the call it the back nine or even semi retirement, but they're true legends. Does Usher fit in that same category? Not to me. I love Usher, but he's not in that same breath. Well, even, even when you're com- like obviously compared to pop music, not to hip hop music, but just I mean, he, he's been called the king of R and B by who? That's his nickname. Well, it's on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. I mean, you know, he, he had some hits. He sold 23 million records worldwide. I think he had a residency in Vegas. That's a lot of records. Now, here here's the thing. It is in Vegas. So, like, in my opinion, oftentimes it's who are you going to bring out with you? You know, who else is going to make a little cameo? Like, do you remember Madonna? She had a little cameo with uh, MIA. I think it was Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Like they have like, that always kind of seems to be the thing. You know, you have groups. Who was, was it Bad Bunny? Is that the guy's name that came out with uh, J-Lo and Shakira? J-Lo and Shakira, yeah. Who's big worldwide. That was, wow. So What I, a halftime show. I would say that, I, yeah, that was a great <laughs> halftime show. We're big fans of J-Lo and Shakira on this program. I Bad love Bunny. Shakira. Oh my goodness. So, yeah, yeah. No, the, the name was a little surprising, but... I'm going to sit back and wait and see. Wait and see. Because maybe, you know, when The weekend performed, not everyone loved The weekend, but I think the Me included. <laughs> it was a pretty good performance. Maybe found a new fan. Probably. Brandon Douglas. No. I love The weekend already. I thought it's halftime show. Oh, stunned. sorry. Actually, you know, and this is, this is, I got crucified for this, both at my own Super Bowl party and online. I thought Rihanna's halftime show stunk. And yes, she was pregnant, which we learned after the fact, but still. I didn't think it, Rihanna's was very good. I didn't mind it. She was pregnant, man. That's what I just said. But <laughs> you got to give her that. She put on a good show. But if you're pregnant, don't do it. Like, if it's going to inhibit <laughs> that. Okay, I take that back. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought she put on a good show. I, I don't know. I have low standards, though. If you go out there and sing a song that I can tap my toes to, then I'm like, oh, it's a good show. Katy Perry. Yeah, Left, fantastic. Left Shark. Stole the show. That was huge. That's still like a thing I see, like that resurfaces almost every year. The vid- the picture of that shark on, the, on her left. Prince was great. Prince was awesome. Um, 
Did Bruce Springsteen go a while ago? Yeah. He's, I mean, I don't know. I, JT. JT. And Janet Jackson. And then JT again. He was oh, in yeah. The crowd. Right. I, I, will, I just have low standards. I'm not an you know, art critic. You, you want to know what? Unless I have a bet on something on the halftime show, like first song they play, will they use a football as a prop, something like that. If Unless I have some action, I don't watch the halftime show. I use that time to uh, maybe check out the appetizers table, um, refresh my drink, of course, take a get off the couch, walk around, <laughs> stretch my legs a little bit. Yeah. It's nice to have that extended halftime. Yeah. So I like like I said, I don't actually really pay that close attention to the halftime show, so I shouldn't be so critical because it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. It is it like last year I f- was it l- the one in Los Angeles when it was like Eminem, Snoop, yeah. Dre, Mary J, Kendrick Lamar. A lot of people were like, I'm just going to watch that halftime show. Like the non-football fans yeah. made their way into the room to that watch that. That one was cool. I like that one a lot. Montana DeRay says, just seems 10 to 15 years too late. Hey, I mean, if he does yeah and Lil John comes out with Luda, we're all going to be happy. 100%. Everyone's going to be song, feeling it. That song, did that song come on like 2003? Yeah. So like even when I was in junior high and high school, like through the late 2000s, early 2010s, it's still like played at every party, every year at safe grad, and it gets the people going. Even into like my time at university. If you're at, like it didn't play at the bars anymore, I don't think. But like at house parties or something, people love that song. And I adore it. The ludicrous verse, that bangs. <laughs> that bangs. Yeah. I thought you might go for it there. Drop it? Yeah. But he does say he does have a line about milking a cow, but it's not in the same context. Yeah. <laughs> okay, probably best we don't get into the well, you you could have dropped a few bars, but anyways. Uh the text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. I see some math here. Taylor, you asked for Taylor Swift. Her favorite number is 13 at Super Bowl 58. Five plus eight, 13. It's her thir- the 13 Chiefs game. It's played on February 11th. So the second month and the 11th day is 13. Subtract the year from the day. 24 minus 11 equals 13. They play the 49ers. Four plus nine is 13. Chiefs win by 13. It's in the numbers. Ear candy. I would like to get a receipt of whatever you purchased at your local dispensary and send some my way. <laughs> Triple Cena Trucks' Usher is an R&B-G. S.O. says, sorry, but you guys are sounding out of touch. Usher is an R&B <laughs> icon. The first time. He's an international superstar. Sorry, boys. Usher is a huge draw. S.O. I'll take your word for it. I, I'm fully willing to accept that I just might be reading this completely wrong. I will say you're going to get a professional performance and he's going to do his whatever five songs. And I bet people will be like, oh, yeah, that one. I forgot that Usher had that song. Yeah. And he'll be like, this is actually a good show because he's a pro. He's going to put on a good is show. Is it true you have to pay if you're an artist, you pay to do the Super Bowl? Yes. And it's a lot of money. Yes. But you will so blow is this, up. Is this wherever. like Usher is uh, going to drop some new music? His last album was 2020. Um, it was called. Um, he had a good he had one back. I can't remember what year it was, but it was Raymond v. Raymond. That one was really good. I liked that one. Bad Habits. Great he, title. Uh, he brought on uh, 21 Savage, some some other fairly big artists. So I don't know. Maybe he gets a 21 Savage guest appearance here. There's going to be guest appearances. There it's always just is. who. Who will it be? Uh, Pillman says, Usher doesn't turn the dial for me. I'll be grabbing some chili during that show. Uh, Shovelhead. Good morning, boys. Any comment on Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari? Will that bring him his eighth title? Well, we're going to have Colin Livingston on today with Jason Strudwick, our guest host. That'll be at 3.40, so we will be talking about that there. 
We'll save that for, for the experts. Unless yeah, you I, have some insight. No, I, I, I'm not an F1 guy. I kind of, I don't want to say I missed the train on the, um, the show. Drive, drive to survive. Drive to survive. And so I keep saying I'm going to watch it, but I almost feel like I'm too far behind now. And I, it's, there's some sports that I've tried getting into. I tried this, like the European soccer, um, the, the Premier League and stuff on the weekend mornings. And it's like, they're just some things that I don't think are for me. And I, I think car racing is maybe one of them. So I'll, uh, I will happily listen into Colin this afternoon and hear, hear what he has to say. And I, I have no commentary because to, from what my observation of F1 has been the last couple of years, it's basically Red Bull or nothing. So... <laughs> Uh, Mike says, Snoop Dogg, Dre, Eminem, two years ago, best halftime show ever. Rod says, I did like Bruno Mars. Yeah, I, I also am a huge fan of Bruno Mars. No name on this one. Please send us your name. You two rocked the Super Bowl. Yeah, they got some hits. I they also it. rocked our iTunes when they gave us their album unsolicited. We will never forgive them for that. We will never. But they put on a show. They're a good band. I enjoyed, They're a great band. I enjoyed Coldplay too. <laughs> Lance, I got in a huge fight with my wife. I also thought Rihanna sucked. Lance, come on. He also says, according to my wife, T-Swift only turned down the Super Bowl because she has a Coke deal, Coca-Cola, and <laughs> Super Bowl was a Pepsi <laughs> halftime show. It's no longer Pepsi, so there's a chance. It's the a- Apple Music halftime show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Stanzi, Usher is one of the biggest in the 2000s. You're crazy. Usher, Ludacris, Lil John. Yeah, it's one of the best party songs of all time. Stanzi, we praise that song. And I, I'm telling you, I think... Like, people, that's number one. That has got to be his number one, right? In terms of, like, commercial success, probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Longevity. Like I said, that song's still getting played. I was in... Oh, at a wedding in Mexico, like, 10 years ago. And that song played probably three times a night at the club. <laughs> the club was called, I want to say Pumas. And it played, like, every 10 minutes. It was an absolute banger. Greg says, my guest is that Ludacris is a guest appearance. I think that would be a good one. Uh, Montana DeRice is Purdy's number 13. Super Bowl MVP confirmed. Thanks, other texter. There your, you go. Your candy's text. We're putting it together. I want to know where your candy found all this. Like, there are some things that, like, you have a, a puzzle and you can just, like, cut the edges off to make the pieces fit. That seems a little bit with some of these things that uh, your candy typed in about all of this you know, dialing into the number 13, which is apparently Taylor Swift's favorite number. I'll take your word for it on all of this stuff. Oh, Stephen Colbert, he says. Well, if there's anybody that would know. They're in Vegas. Number 13 on the roulette wheel is black. One of my favorite numbers to bet. I love the middle uh, middle 12 black numbers. Chiefs wore all black to the AFC Championship. There's another co- correlation with 13 in the Chiefs. Boom. My there gosh. we go. Look how easy that is. Connor did that in literally five seconds. They're going to win. They're going to win. But wait. I thought Brock Purdy's going to win Super Bowl MVP. It's going to be like a J.S. Chaguer situation. That's never happened in <laughs> any other sport besides hockey, has it? It's like an unbelievable game, but Brock Purdy just plays two. Plays good. for throws for six hundred yards, eight touchdowns, and four touchdowns. But the Chiefs or the Niners' defense can't stop a nosebleed. But then it's like obviously in that case the Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes gets hurt at halftime, and he wasn't very and good. Chad, anyways, and Chad Henney comes in. And he's not very good either. And he's not very good, but it's a split of passing touchdowns and running yeah. touchdowns. I don't know. There is there a way? And like Travis Kelsey, Pacheco don't score touchdowns. It's only backups. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Kadarius Tony. Back. <laughs> Sorry, Purdy. It's going to Tony now. Um, 
But that that has never happened in any sport besides hockey, has it? I don't. Where think the so. losing team has won a playoff MVP could could have happened Be, in baseball because in other well, I talked about this with Kevin the other day. In other sports, it's not playoff MVP. It's just Finals MVP, play a Super Bowl MVP, World Series MVP. So if you lose the series or the game, it's tough. Whereas like in hockey, you could put a team on your back as J.S. Shiger did during that playoff run, and other guys to win it. Hextall. Jerry West. Jerry West did? In 1969, the Lakers lost 4-3 to the Celtics, but he won MVP. There we go. Stats. <laughs> Who are the other NH... Hextall, Shiger. Do you got this, Domin? Oh, I thought, you, I thought you already had it. No, he does not. Oh, sure you did. Montana Rice says he thinks it happened in the Super Bowl. Maybe it happened pre-Super Bowl. We'll have to take a look. We'll find out. We'll get our research team on this before tomorrow's show. Um, just want to let people know, coming up, uh, following us here on the Fantasy Frenzy program, we do have the lowdown with Low Tide. I think they're heading out to Vancouver. Talk a little bit of the Canucks. Obviously, the big trade made. They'll also have bagged milk of Oilers Nation. I don't know if he made the trip out to toronto for the all-star game but a lot of the uh, nation that i think did. bm's there so there you go live from boots on the ground in toronto begged milk with low tide on the letdown with low tide uh, on the jason Greger show today we'll be joined by colin livingston we will talk with the lewis hamilton news also brian diardo of cbs sports nfl mark specter i think we got ryan leslie joining us from calgary uh, talk about uh, the flame side of things who's next we moved out of cowtown and more and we will have our co or guest host jason strudwick so you can always text in throughout the entirety of the day questions for Struddy. i know y'all missed him he's back for two days only here co-hosting limited time offer just like the mcrib (laughs) just like the mcrib which was amazing shout out to mcdonald's for bringing it in yesterday might go grab another one if i've got the time uh like i said though that'll do it for us on the program thank you guys so much for tuning in today also big thank you to Derek carty for dropping by talking some fantasy baseball give us a download and a subscription on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. We do appreciate it. Right now, we're going to get to a sports update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in the Duke's Bruce Grove and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Donovan the Intern.